Thanks to the good Lord for this beautiful day, and we welcome you, our special friends, viewers, and listeners. We appreciate that you are connecting with us from Victory Church in Odessa, Texas. We are going to worship the Lord, and I'm going to invite my brother Al to come here up front because he has something special to do today as we pray. Heavenly Father, we give you thanks for this beautiful day, Lord. In the name of Jesus, Father, we ask you to guide us and to receive, Lord, everything we do here for you, Lord, for your glory. And we give you thanks, Lord, for this beautiful day where when we celebrate our freedom, our independence, in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord God Almighty. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Oh, say can you see by the dawn's early light what so proudly we hailed at the twilight's last gleaming whose broad stripes and bright stars through the perilous fight o'er the ramparts we watched were so gallantly streaming and the rockets red glare the bombs bursting in air gave proof through the night that our flag was still there oh say does that star-spangled
God is good. He is so good. All the time. All the time. He is good. skies for amber waves of grain for purple mountain majesties above the fruited plain America America God shed his grace on Glory, 
seen. Oh, be swift, my soul, to answer him. Be jubilant, my feet. Our God is marching on. In the beauty of the lilies, Christ was born across the sea with a glory in his bosom that transfigures you and me. Die to make men holy, let us die to make men free, while God is marching on. Glory, glory, hallelujah. Glory, glory, hallelujah. Glory, glory, marching on. Thank you. Thank you so much, sweetheart. Thank you, dear Lord. Thank you, Father, for our country. Thank you, Father, for the freedom. Thank you for our founding fathers, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that in 1776, Lord, the freedom, the declaration of independence was signed, Lord. And thanks to that effort, Lord, we can live in this country freely. And one of the rights, Lord, that we have is the freedom to worship you, Lord. And we declare here in this part of the country, in Odessa, Texas, from Victory Church, Lord, this group of people, we declare that Jesus is Lord, and we have the freedom to speak it and declare that greatness of yours, Lord. In Jesus' name, we worship you, Lord. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. I am so excited, Lord. I am so excited to share with your people your word. You know what, friends? We have among us some people that serve our country. Dan Florence is one of them, and I want to thank you, sir, for your service to the country. And we appreciate that very, very much. And there are other friends that today, they are not here, but also they serve our country. And Patrick, for instance, is another uh, servant of the country, is Penny's son, and we want to thank him for, for that service. And also we have our boy, Zach, he is in the army as well, and as we speak, he is serving our country. And we give thanks to the Lord for that because of the freedom that we have. And you know what is interesting? It is just makes so much sense to me when we are talking about independence and how the topic of today matches perfectly. Because what the Lord Jesus said in Matthew 19:14, that I am about to read in a second, it has to do entirely with the foundation of our country, which is always thinking of the future, thinking ahead of the future. And I read this passage of the scripture in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Matthew 19, 14. The Lord Jesus said, Let the little children come to me. Do not stop them, because God's kingdom belongs to people who are like these children. People who are like these children. Children were attracted to see the Lord Jesus. Do you know that? When the Lord Jesus was healing people and doing miracles and transforming the water in, into wine and recovering the sight for, see, for blinds and the paralytics and all those miracles that he was doing, everyone was amazed, right? But children were listening to. You know, sometimes we are not aware actually how powerful is what we are speaking in the eyes and the minds of our kids. Our kids, they really pay attention to what we are saying. One day somebody said to me that the mind of a kid is like a white page that you write whatever you want. You know, what is, what is sad about it is that you know very well that there are many, many families and many, many lives that 
what they wrote in that white page was just trash. <laughs> you know, one thing that I always uh, appreciated in my family is that we were always focused on the positive. You never listened to my dad or my mom talking bad about anybody. Never. No, that was not the case there in my home. When I was growing up as a kid, I always heard my parents talking good things about others. They always were complimenting other people. And I knew that sometimes people were mean to them. But I never heard my parents retaliating. <laughs> you know, I never heard that. In the, in the last days of their lives, when they were struggling with health issues, they didn't change that. They always were so confident about how the good Lord had them in their hands, in, in, his, in his hands. And he, they said to me, you know, we are trusting in the Lord. If we die, humanly speaking, we know what is happening. We are just being transported to heaven. Because that is what we, what we believers believe. Believe in the scripture, right? Children are like a white page. Like that page that one day Thomas Jefferson decided to start writing. He decided, I'm going to write this document. It was a white page. And it started to state with the most important three words of that declaration. What are those three first words in our Constitution, in our Declaration of Independence? We, the people. The people, kids, adults, old, young people, all together. And then in that white page, he poured out what is what they wanted to believe. They wanted this country to be, right? But in order to have that freedom, there, it was necessary some sort of fight, you know? Because things are not going to happen in our lives just automatically. Oh, no. No, you know that. You want to get a degree, you need to work hard to get that degree. You want to have a company, you need to invest hard in working in your company to get the results you want. Everything has a price, right? Today we are going to talk about our future and, the, and kids are our future. You know, actually, the children are the future, not just in our families, but in our churches, in our cities, in our states, and in our countries. Kids are the future. And you need to think about that. Probably today, some of you are thinking, well, you know what? I am too old. I don't have little ones, and that's not for me. Thank you so much. Can we talk about something else? <laughs> I understand that. But you know what? Sometimes we need to refresh those concepts. And especially for you, my friend, you, uh, you are as a listener, or you as a young parent, you are curious about what the Bible tells us in regards of children. I'm going to share with you today basic principles that will give you the clear understanding about what to do with your children. The first thing, we are going to read the scripture in Deuteronomy chapter 6 and verse 7. And it says, be sure, this is the Lord speaking, right? Be sure to teach my commandments to your children. Talk about these commands when you sit in your house and when you walk on the road. Talk about them when you lay down and when you get up. This is the Lord talking to us adults in regards of what is what we need to do related to your children. Children, grandchildren, any child that is near you, that is what the Lord is expecting us to do. I want you to see the word teach, because that is a key word in this passage. It's not enough just to say certain things. Don't touch that. But why? <laughs> you need to teach the reasons why. And how to do this. I want you to do this, we say to the kids. But it's not enough to say it. We need to teach, teach, teach. And that is the first thing that I want you to have in mind. In order to have 
this great impact in the life of kids, we need to learn to communicate. How do we communicate? Well, obviously, we can write, we can type, right? We can type a letter, we can type a, an email, we can type uh, a text message, we can type a post, we can type whatever, right? But mainly we communicate verbally, which is one of the things that today is lacking. You notice that? Have you noticed how less and less people are talking and more and more they are just communicating through symbols in these days? You know, icons. We don't say it is okay. We stop saying it is okay. And then we came to okay. And now when you text message, you just type the letter K. <laughs> Right. Well, communication is good. Sometimes, fine, fine. But when you are talking about kids, that's not enough. We need to speak clear to our kids. If our children are listening to, to our conversations and we do not speak clear, there is no way they will understand us. You see that, right? If you do not speak clear, your children will not understand you. How difficult will it be for you as a student? Imagine you are in college and you have a teacher that doesn't speak clear. You'll be like, what? What? <laughs> what are you saying, sir? Ma'am, can you please repeat that? I cannot get it. Right. And communication, not just when you are talking to your kid or grandkid or a student, you need to also have eye contact. Because if, if I am talking to somebody here on my left side, but I have my head to my right side, how this person here will know that I am talking to you? So when we communicate with our kids, clear words, eye contact, and then be specific. Be specific. I was talking recently with somebody who is a supervisor, and he was asking me how to handle certain things in his supervisory position as a supervisor. And uh, he said to me, one of the issues that I find in this particular employee is that gives a lot of talks, talks a lot of things. It's like giving explanations and explanations and words and talk and talk and talk, but at the end you don't get what this person is saying. Be specific. When we are communicating with our kids, we need to be specific, not too much. Just go to the point to him, to her. Next, confirm the kid is listening to you. Confirm. L listen to a classic problem. You call, ring, hello, uh, daughter, son, nephew, niece, whatever the kid is. Hey, is your mom there? Is my wife there? No, it's not. It's in the back. Okay, I want you to tell her that I am not going to be able to come on time for dinner. Right? What, what is the problem? The kid is not paying attention. You spoke clearly. You cannot have eye contact. You were specific, but you didn't confirm. So tell your mom that, okay, that I will not be able to, uh, to come that, uh, on time for dinner. Okay, okay, yeah, okay, boom. You know what happens, right? The lady is fixing the dinner, it's 6 p.m., she is ready for dinner, and the husband is not there. So she calls 6.10. Where are you? I, I, I told you, I left a message. They didn't tell you anything? Who took the message? And on and on, you know the story. When you are dealing with children, you need to confirm that they are listening to you. And the best way is just to ask, please repeat what I just said. Hey, Angelica, I need you to tell my wife that I will not be able to come to dinner on time. I'll be until 8 p.m., okay? Okay, okay, Angelica, yeah? Can you repeat that, please? When you are talking to your children, you need to understand they are children. They are not adults. They are not 
people with understanding, they are little ones. You have to confirm. And when they confirm, sometimes they will present to you questions. You should resolve those questions to those kids. Whether it's you as a teacher or as a parent or grandparent, remember those principles that I just shared with you. Now, sometimes we forget that in our position as parents or grandparents, we are also doing some training for the kids. We should do training, and we have to supervise what they are doing. The training that we do for our kids, the training, listen, in, my friend, listen, please. The training that you are doing for your kids is for their lives, for their future. And that life includes several things. So many parents, they feel that their main point is to send the kids to the school, and that's it. Yeah, I, I, I gave them education. I sent them to school. That's what many parents say. They are wrong. If you are doing that, if you are thinking that sending to your kids to the school, it's, that's your training you need to open your mind, my friend, to a new thing. Because training requires much more effort than that, and you need to understand that training has to do with many aspects in life to your kids. In order to train your kids, the first thing that you need to have is a connection with your kids. You know, I remember one day I heard such a funny sentence. This girl was explaining to her friends, high school students, her relationship with her dad. <laughs> and she said, you know, my dad is like, uh, how can I say it? She's more like an uncle dad. <laughs> uncle dad, <laughs> you know? That says it all, right? It's not my dad. It's not my uncle. He is like an uncle dad. He has the title of a dad. But it's not acting as a dad. It's more like an uncle. <laughs> it's an uncle dad, he said. You know, when you are thinking of training your kids or grandkids, the first thing that you need to have is a connection with your kids. If your kids don't feel that you are connected with them, it's not going to work. You can try to train them and teach them things, but it's not going to work. I remember a personal experience myself. Uh, I played baseball. I played several sports when I was uh, growing up, but I played baseball. Uh, baseball, and I was a catcher, shortstop, first base. I, I played several positions, and I was kind of good in sports. I remember that later when I had the kids, I had the desire to see one of the boys going into baseball, and uh, he went. And uh, we are there playing baseball, right? Just uh, passing the ball, you know, let's play ball. Here, they catch, push. you know, just doing that. And I saw him, he was getting aggravated, very aggravated. So I dropped the thing, went inside, grabbed a drink, and I said, what's going on with you? What is the problem? I felt the, the lack of connection, right? Without that connection, the kid is not going to receive anything from you. I asked him, what is the problem, son? And then he explained to me his reasons. He was upset because this and that, so we clear the air. OK, now that we are OK, let's go back and play. Without the connection, there is no way that we will be able to train anybody. OK, when we are there, when you are with your kids, whatever is what you are training your kids for, because your kids, they should learn the basics of hygiene, right? Being themselves clean, bedroom, bathroom, closet, clothes, backpack, homework, everything. Have you seen those backpacks that have like a storage of snacks for the last two weeks there? That's horrible, but that happens, right? Well, no. You include in your training for your kids hygiene. You need to talk to your kids about manners, right? 
When the kids show up to a place, the first thing that they should do is just to greet everyone. That is their job. That is to have manners. Basic education. Good morning, hello, etc. right? When you leave, you say goodbye to the people there. You have manners. You go to a store, you want somebody in the store to take care of you, you have manners. You say, excuse me, ma'am, I would like to ask you a question. You don't just jump in the midst of the conversation of this clerk with another customer, right? You need to have manners. So training has to do with hygiene, manners. What else you need to teach your kids? Civic values. Why it's important to celebrate independence? Why it's important to honor parents on Mother's Day, Father's Day? Why it's important to celebrate Easter, Christmas, right? Why it's important to, to honor our country? All those values is part of the training. You need to train your kids about security. Why they have to have their seats and the, the seat, uh, belt seat locked when they are in the car. Security about that. When you leave the house, always close the door. When you are in the store, you are always close to me. All those basic things that are teaching them about safety, correct? When you are playing in, in the house, you don't just run and cross the street without stopping. Basic things, you understand? Training includes all those aspects, how to manage money. It is important that you talk to your kids about that. All those things, there are so many things that you need to teach your kids. But the thing is, when you have a good connection with your kids, then the next thing that you need to do is to explain the goals. My daughter, my son, my students, I want you to understand why we are doing this. Why we need to brush our teeth every day. Why we need to wash our hands before we eat. Why we put the right shoes to play the right sport. Why we wear this particular outfit to do this particular task. Why? Explain the goals. This is the objective. And with this, you explain the rules, right? You have to explain to them and then show those things by example. Kids are going to always pay attention to you when you show them how to do it. You know, I had a funny story about that. I remember my dad was not a sportsman. And one day in the neighborhood, we wanted to create a team. And uh, so my dad was pretty popular in the neighborhood. So everybody said, Don Eduardo, would you like to be the coach for our soccer team? <laughs> my dad just turned to where we are and he said, kids, listen, I will pay for several things that you will need. I will finance good part and be a sponsor of your, your team. But I don't know anything about how to lead or play because I'm not a sports person, okay? I like sports, but that's all. My dad was a journalist. <laughs> he said, no, my thing is with books. Showing by example, you have to know, if you want your kids to learn something, you need to show them. My dad never said to me, I want you to be a sports person. But he was the one who introduced me to books. And I remember the first book that I read was theater, Oscar Wilde, The Importance of Being Named Ernst. That was the first book that I read besides school, right? By the way, I heard this joke that's very, very funny. You will like it. Somebody said, a book? What's a book? A book is the TV for smart people. It's you'll funny, laugh, right? You'll laugh at it later. <laughs> so you need to show by example. But imagine if my dad said to me, OK, son, I'll be, I'll be your coach in soccer, and I want you to kick the ball and run. But he's there with his suit and his tie and his book in his hand. <laughs> that, that won't fit. You know, that something is not right in this picture, right? He taught me and showed me by example in the area that he knew. You as a parent need to understand that. If you are not able to teach your kids by example in a certain area, you need to bring somebody to show them. 
And after that, you have to supervise. How many kids know how to cook today? Well, the question is how many parents how to cook today? <laughs> Not many. And it's very important. It's very important. Because sooner or later, everyone will be by himself in a house and needs food. What are you going to do? Go to the store all the time and drive through? No, you know that that is not going to work. So everyone needs to learn to cook. Kids need to learn to cook, how to fix eggs, how to, listen, how to put a pancake in the toaster if you like, or a waffle in the toaster if you like, whatever. You know, put something in the microwave. What are those things that they should and they shouldn't do? And then you have to supervise. If you want your kids to be success, successful in life, you have to invest time with them. If you are the kind of parent that you are just passing all the responsibilities to others, and you expect that your kid is going to have that great successful life, not necessarily you will see it. And definitely one thing that you will not gain from your children is respect. Respect is the key. Respect is the glue that connects children and parents. Children and grandparents. Parents and grandparents. Respect. Respect is the key. Where there is no respect, there is no good relationship. It's not going to work. In today's work, in the workplace, you see that. Employees that do not show respect to the supervisor, they are going to get fired. Even if they are so needed, they are going to get fired because they are not showing respect. Those workers that are not showing respect in the workplace are kids that they never learned how to respect when they were little to anybody in the house. It's not a surprise. You know, they, they are saying today, we need to fight for prayers in the schools and all that. And I said, yeah, you're right. But, you know, if you teach your children to pray and they understand what is to pray, talk to the good Lord, asking for help, giving thanks to him. If the kid learns to do that on his own, he doesn't need a law that says in the schools is allowed to pray because we know it's a right that we have. It's one of the amendments. It's the freedom of religion. So the kids should be able to pray. The kid that learns to pray in the house is going to pray in the school. The kid that learns to respect in the house is going to show respect in the school and vice versa. When you see kids that are disrespectful in the school, the reason is because they are not being taught to be respectful in their homes. You know what? A kid that is trained to respect in the house is going to respect everybody in the school, is going to respect everybody in the church, is going to respect everybody in the workplace, and vice versa. The person that is respectful in the community has been respectful in the church, has been respectful in the school, has been respectful in the house. It's just a consequence. But it's so easy to blame others for all the problems, right? It's so easy. What we need to understand is that when we have little ones, it's our responsibility to teach them and train them. And one of the basic things is to teach them to respect everybody and respect the Lord. I am going to share with you scriptures that are so important. And they are in the screen for you. Proverbs 22:6. Teach ch children in a way that fits their needs, and when they, and even when they are old, they will not leave the right path. I remember in my case what, what, what I was uh, taught and told by my parents and grandparents and school teachers and Sunday school teachers. You know, I, I had wonderful Sunday school teachers when I was little one in school, in the church. 
by being trained there in a way that they made me understand things, that took me to the path of a decent life that I have. Honest lives are the result of training. When you study the lives of individuals that are in jail, in prison, for murdering, or stealing, or all kind of bad things, drugs, or whatever, you will find out that sadly it started it in their homes. Something was not done right, unfortunately. The funny part is that you will find so many individuals that they have horrible childhoods, but they decided to get it right. And they didn't go in that wrong path. They said, no, I'm going, I'm going to do things right. And vice versa, you have people that they were raised in church in very beautiful Christian families, and they ended it horribly. Because at the end, everyone will decide what to do with himself, right? But as parents, it's our responsibility to teach children in a way that fits their needs. Proverbs 13, 24. If you do not correct your children, you do not love them. <laughs> if you love them, you will be quick to discipline them. Immediately. Okay, parents. Parents with young kids, listen carefully, please. The moment your kid is misbehaving is the moment that you need to stop them and correct them right there. You don't need to be violent. You don't have to be horrible and humiliate your kids. No, you don't have to do that, but you need to stop them and be firm. You have to tell the kid in the store, hey, let's go to the bathroom. We are going to have a conversation. Let's go to the car. You and I, we are going to talk about it. You, you take the kid and you, correct, you explain to him what is what he's doing wrong. And you have to do it right away. Uh, I don't feel like that, you know. Well, well, don't do it. Don't do it because if you don't do it, it's because you don't love him. The scripture says, when you do not correct your children, it's because you don't love them. Well, I'd rather to wait. No, do not wait. It says, you will be quick to discipline. But why? I'd rather to go until we are in the house, we are going to have a talk. No, it's not going to be the same. You are not going to be in the same mood. The kid is not going to be in the same mood. The kid will not remember even what he has done. Quickly, the moment that the... The crime <laughs> has been done. That's when you need to correct it. Right there. Proverbs 3, 12. The Lord corrects the one he loves just as a father corrects the child he cares about. I personally have lived the experience of being corrected by the Lord and disciplined by the Lord. And I bless his holy name for his corrections and discipline. And I said all the time to my Lord, Lord, whatever you need to do in order for me to do your will, do it. I'd rather to be corrected by you, Lord, but doing what you want me to do than you do not correcting me and I will go in the wrong path. No, Lord, please correct me. Teach me your ways. Because I know when he does that to me, it's because he loves me. Colossians 3.21, fathers, do not upset your children. If you are too hard to please, they might want to stop trying. You know, sometimes there are parents that they, they hear this kind of teachings and they say, that's what I wanted to hear. What is that verse about correction? I'm going to write it and put it <laughs> in the bathroom. You know, spank them because you love them. <laughs> Some parents are just excited about it, right? Because they, they like to be too hard. And the scripture says, hey, wait, wait, wait a minute. Do, do not be too hard. Kids are going to be discouraged if, if all that they hear from you is correction, correction, correction. No. You have to have a balance. The problem is in our society today, there is no balance. It's all wonderful. He went to school. We put a post on Facebook. He went to school. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. He's amazing. 
Really? <laughs> because you went to school? It's what we did all our childhood. <laughs> Come on. Praise the Lord. He made the bed. You know, fireworks, a party because he made the bed. Really? No. It's his responsibility to make the bed. But sometimes it's the opposite. Sometimes we are, as parents, too hard on them without the compliment. We need to have a balance. We need to say what is good, but also we need to correct what is wrong. It's Colossians 3.21. Proverbs 28.9. This is a key verse for everybody, not just parents. When people do not listen to God's teachings, he does not listen to their prayers. I'm going to read it one more time. One more time, Proverbs 28.9. When people do not listen to God's teachings, he does not listen to their prayers. Why is that? Think about it. It makes total sense. The Lord is the one who can give you a new job, a raise, a miracle of healing, restoration in your family. He can give you a better home, a better everything, right? A vacation. The Lord is the one who can bless you, correct? That's why we pray. Oh, Lord, please give me this. Please help me with that. The Lord is the source. So we know that. So people love to ask. But the Lord says this. But I am okay with that. <laughs> but if you are not going to listen to my teachings, don't bother praying. <laughs> it's a waste of your time. I'm not listening. You hear that? The Lord says, are you listening to my word? But don't bother, unless you come to ask me for forgiveness, and then you come back to listen. You know, the good Lord is smart. He is smart. He's intelligent. Do you think that we can fool him and just pretend? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make the face of a student of the word of God, right? And I go there, open the Bible or open the app, and I write a couple of notes, and I'm pretending, right? Five minutes of that, and then I close it, and I say, well, Lord, I want to ask you. I want this, and I... <laughs> and the Lord is like, uh-huh, mm-hmm, yeah, uh-huh. I know what you're doing. <laughs> you see? Think of you as parent or grandparent. Think of you as a supervisor. You want your kids, grandkids, employees to do certain things because it's their responsibility. And you are trying to explain to them what is what they need to do. They don't want to listen. But yet, they come and they say, Mom, I'm hungry. Where's my food? Grandmother, I want you to take me somewhere. Take me. The employee. Well, sir, uh, it's the first of the month. Where's my check? Where's my check? You see, that entitlement mentality is wrong. The Lord clearly says, if you are not going to listen to my teachings, I'm not going to listen to your prayers. The Lord is willing to hear everybody that comes with a humble heart, but listen, a person with a humble heart, meaning acknowledges the authority of the Lord and his word in his life, will invest time listening to the teachings. It's our responsibility to learn God's word. It's our responsibility. His grace comes to us to forgive us and give us again a new chance and again a new chance to do things right. We are forgiven. We are loved. But he wants us to learn. And that is important. Very important to learn, to be teachable. But I found two more Proverbs that I, I thought, oh my goodness, this is so beautiful. Proverbs 27, 11. My son, be wise. This will make me happy. 
then I will be able to answer those who criticize me. You as a parent or grandparent, you want to hear people telling you great things about your kids or grandkids, right? You want that. They will do it eventually. When they do that, because they are doing the right thing, that will make you happy. Your kid doing the right thing, you say, that makes me happy. They are wise. There is another verse here, 29.3. This is more like for adult, adults, not just little ones, of course, right? This is for more, more for adults. Proverbs 29.3, a son who loves wisdom makes his father happy. What is wisdom? Definition of wisdom is the ability to make the right decision. One who wastes his money on prostitutes will lose his wealth. Proverbs 29.3 A son who loves wisdom makes his father happy. Good decisions. But those who are just using money for their own pleasure in the flesh, just a waste of money, they will lose all that wealth. You know, the Lord wants to bless us, definitely. He wants us to be prosperous. He wants us to have all our things because He's a good Father. Yes, but He wants us to love wisdom, to make right decisions, and to act in a fair way. That is the way that we make Him happy. The future of our children is based on accountability. I want you to picture this. Imagine you are building a house and then you put the foundation of the house and that foundation is named accountability. Accountability. Being accountable. And then you teach to your children principles and moral values. What is right and what is wrong. Especially you, my friend, you are a young parent. If you have kids in a school, in elementary school, you have more chances to correct their path than those who have children in high school or they are in college already. You know, it's like a tree. You know, if you take the tree when it's little and you put the right things to direct the tree, the tree is going to grow straight. The same thing is with a kid. The kid has more possibilities to have a straight life. <laughs> That's funny, right? Straight. <laughs> but the kid has more opportunities to have a straight life, a great life, when has accountability. You know, the, the tree says, I want to go here. It feels comfortable. But if the branch is attached to stick of accountability, it says, no. That's not right. We are going to do it right. So you, st you stick with the plan. You see? Moral values. If you have little ones, it's the time for you to invest time teaching them moral values. And it's the time also to invest in their education. Because their minds are like a white page. You have a great opportunity to teach them languages, to play instruments, to learn science, to learn many different things in this life that are so wonderful. Take advantage of everything that is available today online to learn. Okay, your kid loves technology. Well, find ways that this kid will learn something. Invest his time learning. The other thing that you need to teach your kid is about the Lord, the good Lord God, and the church. It's not good enough, my friend, if you are listening and listening and watching videos about the Lord and you are not part of the church. It's not enough. You should get together. Is the scripture that says that, that we need to get together and worship the Lord as a corporate and worship Him and do fellowship and do life together as a church. 
when your kids are little is when they are going to learn that habit. But if you are a young parent, you are watching this video or listening to this podcast. If you are listening and you are not connected with the church at all, it's because you are not used to come to church. The problem with that is that your kids are learning those ways. And nothing will be safer for your children than being in church. Because they will learn to be good citizens. Good children. Most people that do not go to church, they are missing that part. You, as an adult, as a responsible adult, you should show by example to come to church. Well... I don't feel like, I don't like it, I can't find it in all these excuses that you can give. But the truth of the matter is, if you need to get groceries, you will go to the grocery store. You don't have a problem in investing those two hours there. So why is it a problem for you to invest a couple of hours in church once a week? You can spend six to eight hours in a doctor's appointment any day of the week, but you cannot invest two hours to come to church. Explain that to the Lord. Explain that to the Lord. You don't need to explain that to me. Explain that to the Lord. Be honest with yourself. How can you be a good example if you are not fulfilling the first responsibility as a believer, getting together with other believers and worship the Lord? I'm glad that you are listening and watching wherever you are, Virginia, Guatemala, Canada, India, <laughs> my friends in the Philippines, in the West Coast. I'm glad. But it's not good enough. You need to go to church. Once a week at least. Because that's the way that your children are going to learn those ways. And finally, you need to talk to your children about our country. And today that we are celebrating Independence Day, Independence Week, Independence Month, you need to talk to your children about the importance of the freedom that we have and how our president represents us internationally. And you should be praying for our president. You better like it or not, you better pray for him. You should pray for your authorities, senators, congressmen, people in your city, the city council, the House of Representatives, the fire department, the police department. It's necessary, the school district. You should be praying for our authorities, for our authorities and talk to your kids about our country, to respect our country to honor our flag, give honor to the flag, give honor to the national anthem, give honor to this country of ours. It's a beautiful place to live and do a wonderful life together. And your children have to listen that from you as a parent. Don't send them to the school. Don't put it in front of the screen. Listen to this preacher. He's talking to you. No, I'm not talking to your kids. I'm talking to you. Wake up. What's the next thing? If you are not going to church, if you are not worshiping the Lord, what do you think is the next thing? You are not going to heaven. What do you think is going to happen? Wake up. You have a big responsibility with your children. It has to do entirely with the future of our nation, the future of your family. So I hope you get it right. I want you to close this message with this scripture that is in the screen. Psalm 73, 1. God is so good to Israel, to those whose hearts are pure. You know, Israel represents us believers. Israel, yes, it is the nation of Israel in the Middle East, the country of Abraham. But also Israel represents us, all believers. And it says, the Lord God is so good to us, to those 
whose hearts are pure. Whose hearts are pure. With purity in our hearts and decency and honesty, sincerity, with forgiveness, with a spirit of humility, we need to embrace the grace of our Lord and say, Lord, I needed to hear this today. I need to change. And if you need to change, this is the time for you to change. And say, Lord, come into my heart. Say those words. Lord, come please into my heart. Please forgive me. I need to change. Guide me and give me the strength, Lord, to do what I need to do. And sometimes, you know, when you are like that and you are touched, when you, you really feel that songs, like the song that Tracy is about to sing, it really hits home. And you say, that is exactly what I wanted to say. Because, because if this is the moment that you, you feel that there is a need for a change, I want to tell you this, that change is going to come to you when you are on your knees. Wherever you are, be on your knees, and be ministered. Receive those words that are coming, are coming from this song that she is about to play.
my knees. I hope you are on your knees, not just physically, but emotionally, spiritually, and you acknowledge that without the Lord, you cannot continue living. You need the love of the Lord Jesus Christ in your heart. From Victory Church, we want to bless you today in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Have a beautiful Independence Week. Enjoy your family in the name of Jesus. Thank you for watching.